Man, I have a, a word for you today. Uh, are you ready? We, uh, how many of you know that the word of God is not antiquated? It is up to date. It is relevant for here and now. And so I believe God is going to speak to you where you are in this moment uh, because his word, the Bible says, it's alive and powerful. How many of you are so excited that you serve a God that is not dead? You serve a God that is able to speak to you right where you are. He wants a relationship with you. It's not religion. It's following Jesus as a relationship. And the message that I have for you today starts in Ephesians 1.15. If you don't have uh, your Bible, it's cool. We have one in, on the screen. So let's give them a hand in the back. They're working hard back there. It says this. We're reading out of the message translation. It says, that's why when I heard the solid trust you have in the master, this is Paul speaking to the church of Ephesus, the master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all the followers of Jesus, I could not stop thanking God for you. By the way, that is how we feel. We had a Saturday prayer uh, yesterday, and man, I just could not stop thanking God for you. In the heart of Paul right here is really the heart that we have for you guys. It says this. He says, every time I prayed, I think of you and give thanks, but I do more than think. I ask. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God, the God of glory, listen to this, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. That's the first thing. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see, say see, exactly what he is calling you to do, grasp the immensely of the glorious way of life, immensity of the glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. How many of you want endless energy, boundless strength? So this is what God is saying. He says, I want to empower you with this endless energy, this strength. I want to empower you. But how many of you know there's a secret to empowering? It's a secret. The secret is God wants you to begin to see some things. So the title of my message today, if you want to write this down, Empowered by sight, empowered by sight. He said, I pray that your eyes are open, that you know the relationship that you can have with me or with God. I pray that your eyes are open so you know your calling. I pray that your eyes are open, that you begin to know the inheritance that you have in Jesus. And in seeing this, you are going to be empowered with might to be able to do what I called you to do. How many of you want to be empowered to overcome? How many of you want to be empowered to overcome that thing that you can't shake? How many of you want to be empowered to do what God called you to do? Some of you need to be empowered to start that business that God called you to start. Some of you need to be empowered to start that ministry that God is telling you to start. Some of you need to be empowered to be able to make change in your neighbors, in your household, in your city. And that happens when our eyes begin to get open to who God is and what he called us to do. That's why I'm so excited about this weekend because it's a week where you're saying, God, I'm gonna take time and I want you to open my eyes. You know, the Bible says that in heaven right now, there are angels circling God's throne saying, holy, 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 24-7. 
I believe they say holy, holy, holy 24-7 because every time they wrap around God, they see a new facet of God. We can't put God in our own little box. How many of you know that he is the creator of it all and we have not arrived? There is more of God that he wants to show us, and when we see who our God is, we begin to see who we are. And I believe that this encounter does not just start when you give your life to God. It's an ongoing process in your life. God wants you to look more like him and step into his divine destiny for your life. God says you are predestined for good works. He has a plan and a destiny for you. If you believe that, can you give God a hand for five seconds? If you believe he has a plan and destiny for you. And so for us, what we're praying is God begin to open our eyes. You know, you might have heard that old prayer, old Tommy prayer. We still pray it. God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Because the truth of the matter is when we begin to position ourselves to begin to see God and seek God, he will give us eyes to see him. In other words, it is revelation. Say revelation. It's like the light bulb came on. It's like, man, I never seen that before. That's what's so amazing about the word of God is you can read it a thousand times and each time you read it because it's alive, it can speak to you in different ways. And so God doesn't want us to ever stop encountering his presence and who he is with us. And when we do this, we are empowered to step into what God wants us to step into. How many of you know that God always has a next step for you? God has a word for you right now, and I believe this is going to be a week that we begin to see that. And so this is, this is what Paul is saying. I want your eyes to be open to the relationship that you can have with God. I want you, your eyes to be open to his vision, what he wants. I want your eyes to be open to purpose, what he wants through you. I want your eyes to be open with direction or the steps to get there. We see this in the life of Paul. Before Paul, that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, was Saul, God changed his name because Saul used to kill Christians for a living. I don't know about your past, but I'm pretty sure you weren't as bad as Saul that his lifelong work was killing Christians. If God can touch Saul, God can touch you. And he was on the way, uh, he was on the way to Damascus and God knocked him off his horse. How many of you know, how many of you know, if you don't submit to God, you'll just get knocked off your horse uh, eventually. And God literally he, he begins to blind Paul so he can hear spiritually. Sometimes we got to cut out the things that we are inundated with in this life so that we can hear spiritually what God is trying to say to us. There's a lot of voices going on today, especially with social media, but God said, I'm going to begin to have God, I'm going to begin to encounter Saul, change his name to Paul, and he's going to be one of my greatest weapons in the New Testament. And so God knocked him off his horse. The Bible says he saw a bright light. It's like revelation. God is saying, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It's hard to go against the gods. And he's beginning to say, this is my vision. You're going against my vision. Now I want you to go to this place, and I'm going to give a divine 
person to speak to you, and now scales are falling off his eyes. Now he's crying, living for God, and God says, now I want you to go here, and this is the direction of your life. You say, wow, that's amazing. That's amazing that God can speak to Saul, and his name can be changed to Paul. But can I encourage you? God is, a, God is not a man. God is, God is not a, a respecter of persons. If God can do it for Saul, God can do it for you. And God wants to begin to give us revelation in who he is, give us spiritual sight so that we can step into the place that God has for us. And this is the good thing, that when you begin to step into the places that God has for you, there's blessings there. The Bible says that he begins to bring us into green pastures. He is a good shepherd. And so just like we need sight, there is a story in the Bible. um, It's centered around blind Bartimaeus. And I believe that these different steps that blind Bartimaeus took to be able to see who God is that he it's going to he this passage is going to speak to us sorry my my daughter honors friends are calling me in the middle of my uh can I talk to uh honor I'm I'm honor secretary by the way <laughs> no one calls me anymore it's just for my daughter <laughs> I just put it on airplane mode thank God for that The same steps that we see blind Bartimaeus take are the same steps that we can take to begin to get our eyesight and follow Jesus. Can we look at that today? Let's dive into that. I had one person say, yeah, that's encouraging. Let's move on. Mark 10, 46 through 52. It says, and they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. By the way, when you don't have spiritual sight, you will always be on the sidelines begging. But how many of you know that God did not call you to be a beggar, but a son or a daughter? So God doesn't want you to just have church as your lifeline. You can have a personal relationship with him. When you come to church, you're actually contributing to what God is doing instead of relying on somebody else to give you your next spiritual fix. How many of you want to get off of the side of the road and get, on the, get in the game? So he's sitting beside the road. And it says, when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth is nearby, he began to shout, Son of David! That's what he sounded like, just like that. Have mercy on me! Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder. Son of David, have mercy on me! When Jesus heard him, he stopped and he said, tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he is calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. Look at your neighbor and say, I want to see. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, I want to see. And Jesus had said to him, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see and follow Jesus down the road. I love that he got his sight 
and he began to clearly follow Jesus. Isn't that the main objective here? He was empowered to follow Jesus because he got his sight. He was empowered to follow Jesus because he got his sight. A lot of people are trying to do this Christian thing without having any spiritual sight. You'll burn out, you will quit because God wants to empower you by showing you some things. God wants to give you spiritual sight and empower you. Do you believe that today? Now, there's a thing that's going on in my house right now, and I don't know uh, if this goes on in your house, but uh, this morning, honor again, I'm doing the last minute touches on my uh, iPad, and she said, uh, Dad, did you take my charger? I'm like, Honor, you don't have a charger. That's my charger. She's like, oh, you took my charger again. I'm like, that's my charger. I paid for it. There are charger thieves in my house. Every time I turn around, I have no charger. I have no charger, and my phone is about to die. And I actually have work to do. They're just playing a game. And for some reason, they have this uh, thing where if they took the charger for two days and we don't know about it, it automatically becomes theirs. I'm not sure what that is, but I am really tired of talking to you guys and in the middle of our conversation, my phone going dead. I mean, honestly, it is really a panic thing in our house. Leah called me the other day and she was like, babe, I have no charger. My phone's about to die. Like she's about to lose gas on the side of the road. <laughs> it is a panic, right? I mean, I remember back in the day when there, the, the car uh, phones just came and they were in the leather cases. Remember that? And, and it was like, it cost you $500 to make one phone call. It was only for emergencies. And so uh, I remember that. And I, I, but I am really glad we're not in that state anymore because I can get on my phone. I can look at, I can look at maps. And remember when you had to ask for directions? Our kids know nothing about that. You used to actually have to ask directions. They were like, oh, the two miles down the road and where that old oak tree is, take a left right there, and there's going to be a dog that's barking at you. That right there is where you take a right, and then you're going to see an old tractor take a left. Uh, thank God I don't have to do that anymore. I've got Siri, right? And uh, our phones have become uh, an integrated part of our life because uh, when you ask me questions and I'm trying to seem spiritual, I can Google right there. Oh, yeah, that's in uh, Psalms uh, 91. I actually just Googled it right on my phone. I really didn't know. And so it's become an integral part of our life. And I think it's just fascinating that we have this new world of technology, but we're so... We're so reliant on it, on it that we begin to panic when we don't have power on our phones. And in order to get power on your phones, you got to get plugged in. It's the same thing with our spiritual life. How many of us are panicking because we know that we're not getting plugged in and we're not able to operate in the new way that we need to operate. God wants you to operate in a new way, but you are not going to be empowered to operate that way unless you are plugged in seeing God, having a relationship with God. And I believe we can look at blind Bartimaeus and see steps to begin to get vision for our life. Can we look at that today? 
five steps for sight. Five steps for sight. This is the first thing. The first thing that blind Bartimaeus did is he shouted. He shouted. What does this speak to us? I believe this speaks to us. The first part of really connecting with God is starting to have a desire and have requests and prayers. What is your desire right now? What are, what are the things that you are believing for right now? Because really it is your desire that will eventually produce intimacy. That intimacy will cause pregnancy and that pregnancy will cause legacy. But it starts with a desire. I'm hungry for God. I need God. He actually built you to need him and he actually wants you as a child to go to him and have desires. Desires are not bad. When you say, I need this from you, God. I need grace in this area. I need breakthrough in this area. God says, all right, I'm about to show you who I am. What are you needing? Because when you begin to have that desire and you begin to draw close to God, the Bible says it uses this word intimacy. You become one with God. God begins to comfort you and speak to you. He begins to speak the word in you, which is the seed of God's word. And you begin to get impregnant with God's word. And you birth it out by you like I've never been pregnant before, by the way, but <laughs> we have three kids, and uh, it's not pretty sometimes. There's a lot of pushing. There's a lot of stretching. There's a lot of things that you have to do that, that there's a lot of nesting, but when you don't go faint, eventually it will birth that that, was, that you were impregnated with. How many of you know that God wants you to birth dreams in your life? God wants you to birth breakthroughs in your life. God has a birthing process spiritually, but it all starts with a desire. Let me ask you, are you hungry for the things of God? I love that he started to shout and people started to tell him to be quiet. And the Bible says he shouted all the louder. How many of you know that the enemy is scared when you begin to bring petitions or prayers to God? He says, shh, that is not possible. Chill out. Don't get so radical that you think that God can do the impossible. I love that blind Bartimaeus, when he began to hear these voices, he shouted even louder. This is what Jesus said. This is how we pray right here. It says in Matthew 7, 7, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open. There's a common denominator in here, and the word is keeping. I believe that there are times that we are believing for things, and we have setbacks and disappointments, and we stop praying for that thing because the enemy is wanting to distract us and give us doubt in our hearts. But I'm here to tell you today, shout louder. Don't stop. Yeah, give God a hand if you want to. Some of us stop praying because we're confused about God's will. We're like, oh, well, maybe it's not God's will. I love the part of scripture when they had a guy that had leprosy and goes to Jesus, and he says, Jesus, if you are willing, will you heal me? And the Bible says that Jesus was filled with compassion, and a new translation in the message says, of course I'm willing. See, we have to know that God is a good father, and he's full of love. 
And sometimes because we have a wrong uh, view of God, we will stop praying prayers that God wants to answer, but we start to view God like he's holding out on us. And I'm here to tell you, he's a good father. He does want you blessed. He does want you to overflow. He does want breakthrough in your life, but he wants you to show him a desire by keep on seeking, keep on knocking, because what he's developing in you is trust. God knows at the end of the day, the three things that last forever in this lifetime is love, hope, and faith. God is developing your faith and he begins to stretch you. Some of you are getting stretched and you're getting discouraged. I'm here to say, shout louder. Shout louder. Those things that you believe for, you wrote them down. You were believing for them, but you had some disappointments and were knocked down. I'm here to tell you, go back to that place. You still have seeds in the ground. Begin to water those seeds by your prayers, and you're going to start to see God do great exploits in your life. Do you believe that? What are your desires? You can't even order a meal at McDonald's if you don't know what you want. I hate that. I hate that. Well, I'm in the line and the whole family, what you want? Like, I'm, I'm at the line. Which I don't know what I want. Well, you got to say something. Number seven, number six, what do you want? Let me ask you that. What do you want in your life? Did you know there's over, over 3,000 promises that are for you in the word of God? And God is want, wanting you to just go in there and say, is that what you want? Let's work together on this because I'm about to stretch your faith and do a miracle in your life that you can't take credit for and I'm going to get the glory. Let me ask you, what are you holding on? What are the desires? Listen, there are some people in here, you've given up on family members, and God says, shout louder. There are some people you've given up on your neighbors because of different actions. Shout louder. Some people you've given up advancing financially. Shout louder. God wants your voice to break the lid off of your life. How many of you are ready to break the lid off of your life? Yeah, give God a hand. Keep on seeking. Keep on asking. Keep on praying. God has great and precious promises for you, and you need to know that his will for your life, his will for your life is to begin to look like him. He did not hold out on you. The Bible says, don't quit doing good, for in due season you will reap a harvest. Don't quit. Shout louder. Look at your name and say, shout louder. See, the level of your shout determines the level of your seek. The level of your shout will determine the level of your seek. When you begin to desire something and you begin to have faith for something, you'll begin to seek after God and hear his voice. I can tell the level of your desire by the level that you're seeking after God. Come on, somebody. You will begin to seek. Listen, when you lose your phone, you will begin to seek for that phone. Some of you, if you lost your wallet, every, like time would stand still and you're flipping over couch cushions. You're flipping. Why? Because you have a desire what's in that thing. And when you begin to have a desire, you will begin to seek after that thing because where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. And when you begin to have faith that God can do that thing, you'll take time to seek after God because he has answers for you of attaining it. So number two is seek. How many of you know that seeking takes time? Seeking 
takes time. It takes time in his word. It takes time in his presence. It takes time. I wish I, wish I'm, I could tell you that like this Christianity is like a microwave type of Christianity and you just pop your dreams in a microwave and it spits it out. But there's something in the Bible that's called seed. What's the next one? Time harvest. See, we want to skip to the seed right to the harvest and God says, but I want you, I want your heart, I want your time. What God is really trying to do is get you. He puts desires in us to get you. And so when we give time to God's presence, when we give time to God's word, God begins to do something significant with us. It takes time. How many of you know that we can tell microwave gumbo here versus a gumbo that took some time? You tell a lot of difference. How many of you want the real blessings in your life that took some time? Don't settle. It's a Christian phrase called a Ishmael. Abraham believed God that he was going to have a son, but he began to try to rush the process. And the Bible says that he created a son by sleeping with one of his servants and his wife like agreed to it because he couldn't wait long enough. Created Ishmael, which Ishmael created a lot of problems. A lot of times when we're trying to do the work that's God's work, we can create problems in our life that God never intended to be there. But when we stand, there's something that is in the middle of the promise or the prophecy in the promise and in the middle, there is a process. How many of you want to be so full of faith, you're ready to wait for the process? And so there are some things that take time. That's why I love Empower Weekends, because the people that show up say, I'm going to give my time. And I know when people give their time and seek, God shows up. The Bible says that the 120 after Jesus went to the cross was waiting in the upper room, and that is a big word, waiting for days. And at the proper time, the Holy Spirit came. Let me ask you, is what you're believing for worth waiting for? Because you will give God time. And I love that Jesus himself has actually given us his word, his presence. You might feel like you're not qualified to be in his presence, but he shed his blood and made a way. It is not your qualifications. It's Jesus's qualifications that gives you the right standing with God to be in his presence and to hear his voice. And you think hearing God's voice is real far out there. God speaks to us with his word by thoughts. And when we renew our mind by thoughts, God will begin to speak to our heart. And so if we want to give God time, we give God time with his presence. We give God time with his word. But how many of you know we also give God time with his body? That's the church. The Bible says that there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. But did you know that there are gifts of Jesus? This is different than the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are gifts that come directly from Jesus. And you can read this in Ephesians 4.11. And the Bible says that God has given us gifts which are people that he has appointed that are pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets, apostles to equip the, the church for ministry. See, this is not ministry. This is not just ministry up here. It, you have a ministry. 
Your family's your ministry. Your neighborhood's your ministry. Your city's your ministry. You don't just do the ministry when you serve. You are doing a ministry no matter if you like it or not. But when we take time to begin to listen, how many of you know that blind Bartimaeus, after he shouted, he had to listen? I think it's interesting that God, Jesus, actually, he could have went over there and spoke to him himself, but he got somebody else to speak to him, and he wasn't so arrogant to say, well, if Jesus doesn't speak to me directly, I'm not going. No, blind Bartimaeus was willing to listen to what God was saying, and it was that listening that caused him to get the blessing. How many of you know that God puts people in our lives to bring us closer to Jesus? You can have a direct access to God, and you do, but you also have people in your life that will begin to equip you to begin to be in the perfect plan that God has for you. Do you believe that? There's something special. I know that we, we have had social distancing for a very long time, but we have to remember that there are also principles in the Bible, like in Timothy 4.14, that there's something special about being together. There's something special about touch. The Bible even speaks of laying on of hands. Listen to what Timothy tells his pro, or Paul tells his protege, Timothy, do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid hands on you. How many of you know that there's something special that God has created when we give our time to listen to God directly from his word and the people that God has surrounded us with, there's something special that happens in our life. I remember some of the greatest times that God ever spoke to me was a time when I, I knew that I needed money to go work on a weekend, but I said, you know what? I believe that my, my, my time with God is more valuable than work, and whenever I went to these things and had time there, and listen, God would put a direction in my life, and listen, that little work that I was trying to do on the weekend was not compared to the direction and the promises that God gave me that weekend. It takes time. It takes time. How many of you are willing to say, God, I'll, I'll give you my time? Come on, wave at me if you're saying, God, I'm willing to give you my time. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. You know, there's a story when Jesus comes into a house and there's two sisters. It was Martha and Mary, and Martha was so busy serving Jesus, which I probably would be doing. Anybody? Like, if Jesus is coming to your house, I'm probably trying to fix up the house, trying to get everything together. And Martha gets ticked off because her sister Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening, doing nothing. How many of you know we all have somebody in our life like that? You're working, and they're doing nothing. And you're like, Martha tells Jesus, Jesus, you want to tell Mary to help me out? This is not fair. I'm serving, serving, serving. And Jesus says this, Martha, Martha, you're worried about so many things. Mary has took the good spot because she's giving me her time. Listen, don't work for God to get God's approval. Spend time with God and be empowered by God and then be working by faith. Because anything outside of faith is dead works. We could do all kinds of things, but if it's outside of faith, we'll be working for God instead of working with God. This is not about a lot of doing. This is about a personal relationship and following. And when we follow, that is when we begin to get fulfilled in our life. But it takes time. 
How many of you know that the sheep hear the good shepherd's voice and they follow? How many of you want to take some time to hear what God has to say? If you, if you seek, you will find. If you knock, he'll answer the door. If you ask, he will answer. But all of those things take time. Risa, can you come and play for us so everybody thinks we're closing? Isaiah 40, 31. But those that wait, say wait, on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is what happens when we get in the presence of God and we're in his word and we're in his body and we're hearing the word of God. God, we wait on God. We give God his time and we get out of our circumstances and we come into faith. How many of you want to stop hanging around the chickens on the ground and start getting with the eagles where things seem very small, problems seem very small when you get real high and when you give God your time, God begins to, you begin to glorify God. The bigger your God is, the smaller your problems come and God begins to infuse you with faith and you begin to do the impossible. You're empowered to do what you couldn't do before. Religion can't do it, but when you see who he is and you're in his presence and you're looking down anything is possible the Bible says that nothing say nothing. nothing I want to encourage you to look in the Greek what nothing means and I'm guaranteeing you will find that nothing means nothing it means nothing nothing is impossible with God I'm here to tell you the same way that Jesus healed 2,000 years ago he can do it today don't stop praying for that healing that you need don't stop praying about that unity that you need in your marriage. Don't stop praying about that breakthrough you need in your personal life. I'm here to tell you, one moment with God, a time with God can change everything in your life. And so we not only begin to shout, we begin to seek. The Bible says that blind Bartimaeus heard the word and it says he threw away his cloak and he began to go towards Jesus. How many of you know, if you, if you really in your life, if you want to go, if you want to get new things from God, you might have to be let, willing to lay down some old things. I know that statement usually doesn't get a huge amen or applause, but if you want to go to a new level with God, sometimes we have to lay down some old things. I want to read this to you. While you're listening, while you're giving God time, and I believe you're doing it this, this week. And we're going to see a breakthrough in our life. Hebrews 12.1. Therefore, since we're surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses, a life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. God is never asking you to lay anything down that he won't pour into your lap 1,000 times over. What are some things that you might need to put aside for a moment so that you can begin to hear God's voice? See, that, that cloak actually represented blind Bartimaeus' identity. He was willing to throw that down to see the new thing that God has for him. I'm here to tell you today, God is doing something new. God is doing something new. God is not in the old. Religion is doing an old thing way too long, even a good old thing way too long. God has something new for you. God says, I'm going to put new wine 
and new wineskins. I'm going to do a new thing for you. God is saying, I want you to throw out the old, and I want you to begin to step into the new. And this is the fourth thing, and we're going to close. He made a shift. He made a shift. Think about this. He started to walk by faith. Friends told him, hey, he's calling you. I almost thought when I first read this, like, Jesus is being cruel. Like, Jesus, you know he's blind. So you're going to make this blind man come look after you? Like, wouldn't you, aren't you compassionate, Jesus? Wouldn't you just grab him by the hand and talk? Why are you making this blind man search after you and stumble and find you? And I believe the Holy Spirit began to tell me this, because when you begin to make steps towards God, he'll begin to heal you and empower you and do what you cannot do. When you begin to step into the new thing that he has for you, listen, don't just get rid of things. Pick up what God has for you that's new. You might not know how to do it, but when when you take that step, it might seem like you are being blind taking that step, but the closer you're getting to God, you will see healing and you will get vision and clearly see what God has for you. Because we walk by faith and not by when you give God time and you say, I'm willing to throw some things aside, I'm willing to separate and hear from you, God will begin to speak to you next steps in your life. And when you begin to commit to those things, God will begin to show up in your life. Proverbs 16, 3, commit your works to the Lord, submit and trust them to him, and your plans, your plans will succeed if you respond to his will and guidance. I need to read that again. Commit, say commit. Commit, when you commit your works to the Lord, submit and trust in him, and your plans will succeed. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things are added to you. But there's a next step that God wants you to take. He doesn't want you to conjure it up with a bunch of religion. He wants you to give him some time so you can begin to speak and you begin to step in faith and you see God in a new way. And he's moving in you in a new way. And you have new passion in your life. And you have new direction in your life. And you begin to go to faith to faith, to glory to glory, because you decided, I'm going to give God some time. Come on, stand up right where you are if that's what you want today. I believe God's doing a shift. I believe God's doing a shift. He's doing some shifts in me. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's not easy going through shifts. But he will begin to stretch you because he is preparing you for the blessing. And it might not be comfortable. And it might be something where you don't see the end from the beginning. But he's saying, hey, if you stay, take a step out of the boat, I'll begin to cause you to walk on water with me. And I believe this week you're not going to be so inundated by the routines and the hamster wheel of life that you're going to begin to say, no, 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 I'm going to begin to shout again. I'm going to begin to seek again. Come on, I'm going to begin to separate myself again, and I'm going to see a shift in my life. I'm going to see the direction of God in my life, and he's going to show up in my family. He's going to show up in my finances. He's going to show up in my city. He's going to begin to show up because I'm about to make a shift. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you got to make a shift. Come on, lift up your hands right where you are. If you say, you know what, it's time for a shift. It's time for a shift. God's going to make a shift in your life, and you're going to see miracles in your life. Come on. 
Jesus is still the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And God is saying, when you begin to follow after him, follow after his voice, you're going to find yourself on the road, no longer a beggar, but a follower of Jesus, being in your divine purpose with him. Come on. He's making a shift in you. He's making a shift in your marriage. Will you give him time? He's making a shift. Don't give up. He's making a shift. Get your sails ready. He's about to blow. There's about to be a shift in your life. Stir up your faith. He is not a man that he should lie. This is the end of the past. Your past is over. His grace is greater. Your future is brighter. He's about to make a shift. Come on. Lord, we pray today, if you want to receive that, we pray today that we'll begin to hear your voice clearly. Let this be a week of separation. Let us hear your voice. Let us make a shift. And I thank you, as we change, everything changes. As we change, everything changes. We're going to stop blaming our circumstances and our people in our life, and we're going to begin to say, God, make a shift in my heart. Make a shift in my faith. I'm tired of living in the old. I want to come into the new. The Bible says, I've made you a new creation. All old things are passed away and all things become new. You're going to get a new peace. You're going to get a new joy. You're going to get a new right standing with God because you're saying, I'm ready to make a shift. Now lift your hands right where you are. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for everybody that's saying, God, I'll give you my time. God, I will give you my attention. God, I will pick up those petitions that I laid down a long time ago because I believe you're bringing me into a shift. I believe you're bringing me into a shift, and I commit my ways to you, Lord, and I thank you that you are causing me to succeed because I'm putting your kingdom first. Now, Lord, I thank you that it comes by grace. We don't do this in our own strength. Say this after me. Say, Jesus, give me the grace because of your cross to seek you again, to shout to you again, to separate again and to make a new shift. I need you. And when you do it, I will give you all the glory. Come on, God is going to begin to get the glory in your life, in your household, in your finances. You're going to say, I don't know. He told me to go this direction, and there was a blessing there. Now, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, or you're here online and you don't have a relationship with God, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. The Bible says that this life is nothing but a dressing room for eternity. It comes and it goes. Don't try to get everything together and come to God. Come to God and he'll get it all together. One prayer today, we're going to say it all together, and I believe you're going to step into what is called eternal life. You don't have to wait to die to feel heaven. God is going to allow you to feel heaven now because he's putting eternal life in your heart so that you can have a relationship with him right now. Say this after me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I'm turning from my way, and I'm picking up your way. From this day forward, I make you my Savior and my Lord. With nobody looking around, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you said that prayer today, can you just slip up your hand? I'm not, I see you. I see your hands. I see your hand. I see your hands. God bless you. You can put them down. The Bible says when one person turns to God, 
all of the heavens rejoice. Church 54, on the count of three, can we rejoice with heaven for those that have said that prayer, that said, I'm turning from my own way and I'm turning to God. God says he'll leave the 99 and go after the one. You are the one God's going for. And today we want to celebrate with you because the Bible says that the heavens are rejoicing. Can we do that on the count of three? One, two, three. Come on, give God a shout today. We celebrate with you, Lord. We honor you and we love you.